and welcome to the Tech Today podcast, powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Maeta. I'll do a little bit of a technology roundup today, based on some of the earnings news that came out last week. And I won't get into earnings results per se, but just sort of talk about the strategic elements. That's what we focus on here. ServiceNow had news in which, if you recall, ServiceNow is now led by former SAP CEO Bill McDermott. And they issued a press release stating that they would go to market with a vertical focus. And they'll begin this effort with two verticals, banking and telecom. And they'll go to market with IT services partners, which makes sense. ServiceNow has been an IT service management, or has been, is an IT service management platform that has gone to market horizontally, meaning without any real vertical focus. And now they'll take a verticalized approach. I think this makes sense for companies, and I'm speaking primarily about where my experience is around enterprise software. But I think once you scale to a certain level, and, and that may that differs for different companies, maybe a hundred million, maybe a billion in revenue. Uh, certainly by the time you, you reach a billion in revenue, you ought to be thinking about a go-to-market approach that leverages a, a verticalized approach. And so in the case of ServiceNow, they are going to leverage their relationship with Deloitte to attack the financial services market. And Accenture will be the lead partner on the telecom side. And that makes sense because I think it was 2017, 2018, Accenture and Apple created a partnership. And 5G is going to be, be a big catalyst there. And so if you're going to hit the telco vertical on the services side, it would make sense to leverage Accenture, which will be pulled along by Apple. So from a strategic standpoint, I like this approach very much, this verticalized approach to, to the market. And I think that pays dividends for ServiceNow over time. I, I don't know timing on, on other verticals, but I suspect that McDermott will, as, as these verticals sort of gain traction and ServiceNow gains learnings from this approach, I'm, I'm sure they'll roll out other verticals as well. IBM, I won't spend a lot of time on this. They named a new CEO, and I guess we probably started writing about IBM back in 2015. And I've been critical over time about how previous management, Ginny Rometty, some years ago, seven, eight years ago, said we're going to focus on AI in particular. If you remember, their, their Watson business unit was her big focus back. I'm thinking back to 2012, 2013. What they referred to as cognitive computing was going to be a big focus. Cloud was going to be part of that. And as they pushed that model, you know, a lot of those, those products and services have a, a pro rata rev rec model. And so you have this natural smoothing out of revenue because you don't have the upfront rev recognition. And that combined with, I think, just a lack of focus on sales execution. I don't know that Remedi was really a, an operator. But that led to 27 quarters of declining revenue over the course of eight years under Remedi. And we've been critical that if you're going to pursue a, a strategy as a technology company, particularly in the world of software, if you're going to pursue an operating strategy whereby there's going to be a flattening of revenue for, for, for whatever the reason may be, you, you've got to give investors something to offset that period in which there's going to be a flattening in revenue, meaning you've got to execute acquisitions. Acquisitions that make sense. Acquisitions that are not only accretive to the income statement, but accretive to the strategy. Acquisitions that help further the cause. We advocated a position whereby IBM ought to acquire a number of information services companies. They were large enough, they'd move the needle on the revenue line. They all had EBITDA margins that would be accretive to, to IBM. And they were rich with data which would provide grist for, for the mill for, for Watson. 
And the only acquisition of scale that IBM executed was, was Red Hat, which was expensive. They paid a healthy premium. I would argue it's too little too late. IBM's position is that it will help them in cloud. I, I just don't see an IBM Red Hat, Red Hat combination enabling the combined company to push into the top three, being AWS, Azure, and GCP. And so IBM announced that uh, Arvind Krishna, who led the cloud effort, would become CEO in, in early April. And that uh, Red Hat's former CEO, Jim Whitehurst, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, I don't have it in front of me, would become president. So IBM is doubling down on cloud. So we'll see how they do. AT&T, Warner Media. You know, I like that deal when it first started to be bandied about some four years ago, maybe even back to 2015, I don't remember. And content has quickly become a scale game as what happens with most everything in, in, in technology. If you just look at the landscape of, of players with Apple, Google, Amazon, Disney, who I believe someday will be acquired by one of the large players, probably Apple. My point of view on Apple is that if they have success in terms of the Apple TV Plus offering, you know, so they have this promotional period for a year, where if you, if I remember correctly, if you if you buy a device, you get a year's worth of um, Apple TV Plus. So my guess is what Apple's going to want to see is as some of those promotions start to bleed off, what type of attach rates do they have to the service? And if they have healthy attach rates, whatever they're going to use for a benchmark, then they'll start to double down on, on content. And, and Disney is an obvious one, given that they have the, the best content intellectual property in, in the business. And so AT&T closes the deal for Warner Media. The landscape has changed. Content productions are expensive. Owned IP is the name of the game. Disney's pulling content off of Netflix. Amazon seems to have taken a sort of a partnership strategy, if you will, whereby they're partnering with ABO, HBO and others on the distribution side. Amazon acting as the distributor, taking a, a cut somewhere. I'm not sure what those economics are. And Amazon also producing inexpensive content. You know, if you just sort of thumb through Amazon Prime Video, in addition to sort of the new releases, there is a, a large portfolio of what I would call copycat content. A lot of titles that mimic titles of hits in an effort to just flood Prime with something to try to attract users and, and, and revenue. So on the one hand, you have sort of premium content, if you will, quality content from Disney and you know some of the original content that Netflix is producing. That's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum, you have YouTube with user-generated content. Then Prime is somewhere in the middle in terms of content quality, in my view. A lot of it appears to be sort of cheaply made third-party content, B-movie stuff, C-movie stuff. So we'll see how that plays out, but it certainly will be less expensive for Amazon than the approach that Netflix is taking with original content, the approach that Warner, Disney, and others are taking with original content. So why is Warner in a tough spot? Well, Warner Media is in a tough spot because it's owned by AT&T, and AT&T is fighting battles on its connectivity slash data business with Verizon, with Comcast. And that's a capital-intensive business. Content production. Certainly the type of content that Warner Media has been talking up with HBO and HBO Max. Prestige content, if you will. Very expensive. So you've got these two expensive businesses to run. Both businesses are, are highly competitive in terms of the competitive landscape. And each of those businesses is going to suffer 
as a result of not being able to focus 100% on either business. Not to mention Warner Media doesn't really have a international distribution strategy. So I think they sell it. I think that's the end game here. I think AT&T sells Warner Media. I don't know if they wait until Randall Stevenson steps down or what the timing will be, but I think they sell it. I think Netflix is a natural buyer because Netflix has to feed the beast. They are thirsting for quality original content as content from third parties bleeds off of their platform. So I think Netflix is a natural buyer. My guess is Disney would love to own Warner Media as well. I don't know if that would trigger an FTC review. I think that may be hard to get done given that Disney already owns Marvel, 20th Century, Pixar, Lucasfilm. I'm not sure if that would fly. Legacy Disney, of course, the, the animated content. And Apple, I think, could be a buyer. Again, I think it's just a question of how much historical data does Tim Cook need to see before he wants to jump into the content pool with both feet? And if, in fact, he does, then I could see Apple going after Warner Media. And the last thing I would mention is we published a CEO Raider, CEO Churn report where we looked at 30 public company CEOs across 15 different industry subvertical over the past 12 months. And this is where there's companies where there's been CEO turnover, and we just sort of collected some data around why there was turnover. And so we, we published that. I'll link to all of these topics that I just mentioned. We've published articles on. So I will link to each of these articles in the show notes. That's all for now. See you next time.